how did, just out of my own curiosity, how did you um, get involved with Way Up North? Like, how did Cole and Yakub find you? Uh, they emailed me, I think, a couple years ago, maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, they had asked me to speak at the one, um, not in Italy, but the one before that. Right. And probably in Stockholm. Yeah, I think that was the one. And anyway, at that time, they... Um, I, I work a lot with my husband and, uh, he is, he's my sidekick and he didn't, they didn't really have the budget for the speaking fee and the travel fee. Right. So unfortunately, um, that didn't work out, but, um, they were able to increase it for this year and yeah. we're coming together and, um, they actually have the budget where we can both fly out and, you know, stay comfortably. And, um, and that's how, that's why I'm speaking, but I've known them for a few years now. Oh, hold on one second. Sorry, Erin. No problem. Hey, Elliot, could you take this? Because it's, I, hi, one second. Okay. Sorry about that. No worries. I'm totally putting that part in the podcast. Yeah. Okay. We're not, well, this is not like on the record right now, right? Well, I'm, I'm now recording, but don't worry because the lovely Jeff Lister, our tech guy, edits it. So only oh, the things that we say that are brilliant will make it in. Okay. I mean, it's all right if yeah, you include everything, but, um, you know, it'll be better if we edit that part out. <laughs> well, I know that you're a busy lady, so I won't take up too much of your time, but basically... We just want to kind of chat a little bit about about who you are and what you do for those who may have never heard of you, which I don't, I feel like you're kind of like at least Instagram famous, so people will know who you are, but for those, for those who might not, um, yeah, why don't you just start by sort of introducing yourself and, and just tell us a little, a little bit about what you do. Okay, well, um, I'm Jen Huang, and uh, I live in Southern California in Santa Barbara, um, and I am a wedding photographer. Um, I mainly shoot uh, weddings in the U.S., but I also sometimes shoot abroad, and the majority of my work, I would say, is um, weddings as well as portraits, and then another part of my business um, is uh, photography education. Oh, nice. Like workshops kind of thing? or uh, No, books books. Okay. Yes. I think I remember, remember hearing about that. Um, and how did you, how did you find yourself in this line of work? Um, completely kind of by a slow surprise, I think. Um, (laughs) Slow surprise. surprise. I mean, I, I think if you had asked me upon graduating college, was I ever going to be a photographer? I would have said, no, I don't think it ever was in my plan. And, um, So it did kind of happen by accident, but it also kind of happened by necessity. Um, And it also happened uh, because of a deep love for art. So when I graduated, I took on, um, you know, a real job and um, I was working for advertising and for marketing um, and it just didn't work out. And, um, I was shooting weddings on the side and it was of course for, you know, making the rent and, um, I was living in New York at the time. So everything is super expensive and, mm-hmm. um, I kind of fell into it and I didn't think it was what I was going to do, but, um, I started being good at it, you know, and 
if I look back now, I would have said, I would have said that I was very bad at it, but at the time, <laughs> I, thought I was pretty good at it. And so I was starting to make more money. I was making more money than I was making in my day job. Um, I quit my job and pursued photography full time. And that was 10 years ago. So here I am now. Um, and it is absolutely my passion and my full-time job. Um, and something that I just, uh, I just love to share. What was it like to be your very first wedding? My very first wedding. Oh, it was awesome. Um, so I shot that wedding for $200 and (laughs) it was maybe eight or 10 hours of work on the day of, and of course, once I had my images and, um, had them back, I edited those images over and over again for, I don't know, maybe the next few months, um, just out of sheer pleasure and joy. Um, and I just thought it was the best to make $200 a day was a lot for me. And, um, it just seemed magical, you know, like here I was doing something I loved and getting paid for it. Yeah. It's the dream. Mm-hmm. The dream. Yes. And do you feel like over the course of 10 years, any of the magic is, has left or has it changed in any way? Or how do you feel about it? Like now, if you're shooting a wedding this weekend, how, how do you feel going into it? You know, I would say that the magic is a hundred percent still there, but it is a finely tuned machine and it's not just about stepping in and not knowing what's going to happen. It's much more about controlling, um, the different aspects of the day and making sure that I'm creating the images that I'm happy with. Nice. Um, what do you think is the hardest part of your job? Oh my goodness. The hardest part of my job. I don't even know why this is such a hard question to answer. I feel like I get it all the time, but it changes (laughs) Um, right now. The hardest part of my job is balancing work and personal life. Yes. And uh, we all feel that. (laughs) That didn't used to be a problem. Um, I think that used to be, I didn't have balance because I was always working and I always had the time to work and I was a workaholic and, and I still am. So the problem now is that I need to, uh, really come off of that mode and go into, I'm going to sit here with my child at a playground for an hour mode. Mm -hmm. That is actually the hard part. Yeah, I believe it. And I was going to ask like, what, what does your non photography life look like? You have, you mentioned you have a child yes, and so I have two, what, boys, two baby boys. Oh, you have two. How old are they? Uh, one just turned one and the other is three and a half. I feel like this is something a lot of photographers and I guess all humans, but we're talking about photographers um, have to deal with is, is sort of the changes in priorities. Once you have a family, Yes. Um, I feel like a lot of wedding photographers are in the like mid twenties to like mid forties range. So they go through this, this part where they have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, how did that change things for you? It really changed everything in every way. Um, it changed things in ways that I expected and it changed things in ways that I never would have expected. Um, and in both good and bad ways. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of photographers who have families, um, they talk a lot about balancing family and making time for their family and, um, how positive it is that they have a family and how important it is to get away from the business. Um, and sometimes they don't really talk about how soul crushing it can be to have (laughs) 
a business that you love and has been your baby for so long and then have that replaced with real babies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the thing is, uh, I think for me, what I am still struggling through and still trying to learn is how to do what I do in less time and prioritize and focus on what's important. Um, right. and I realize that it's a really great challenge and learning tool because I used to, you know, I blog and I blog all night. I blog until midnight and, um, I can't do that anymore. So I'm starting to realize how much time things actually take. And I didn't really know that before. Um, I mean, it, it changes your value of your time. Definitely. Yeah. Because before, like you just do it until you don't want to do it anymore. And now everything has to be scheduled in and you realize, Oh wow. These emails actually take up, you know, three hours and 45 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's so important because before I was just working overtime and now I'm learning how to be effective at managing my time and getting more done in less time. Yeah. I feel like parents are, are the experts of efficiency because they you are. have no choice. <laughs> oh my gosh, they have no choice. They are. <laughs> it's so true. Um, do you feel like, like ha- having a family, having babies, um, had any effect on, on your experience of photography? Yeah. You know, um, like I said, it changes everything in every way. And for sure, I see what my son is doing um, as sheer inspiration because he is this bundle of energy and everything he sees is beautiful. Um, and I'll give you an example of a day where we were having champagne. We had actually just, um, sold our last house in Santa Barbara last year and we were having champagne and the cork popped out. And my son said, wow, mom, there's a rocket in your bottle. <laughs> so cute. I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, I have not even thought about the fact that there's a rocket in my <laughs> bottle. But there's totally a rocket in my bottle. And I think that um, seeing this on a daily basis and seeing that kind of excitement is so helpful for me in seeing what might be interesting to other people. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. The child's perspective, the yes, whole, the yes, whole other thing. Sure. Yes. And very joyful. Yeah, definitely. I had, um, I had a, a time where I lived with one of my best friends and she had just had a, had a baby and, uh, and she had gone through kind of a gnarly breakup and I moved in with her, um, for a little while. And so I, I spent this year living with a one-year-old Wow, and I had a I had a a little black cat that lived with us too, and I had in the winter I pulled out this like faux fur black kind of blanket to put on my bed, and he just walked into my room one day and he kind of noticed that the blanket was new, and he like touched it and he looked at it and he just looked at me and said George made this and George is the name of my cat and I was like of course that makes sense it looks like George it feels like George yeah oh that's so cute yeah child logic so simple. Yeah. And you mentioned just when we were kind of starting to chat, I, you pawned off the phone call on your husband and, and you called him your sidekick. Do you guys shoot together? Yeah. So increasingly more and more, um, I really like having him there instead of having separate assistants at each wedding. Um, not only is he a really amazing photographer, 
uh, he's just the most amazing person to have when I need someone to help. Um, so, I mean, if you're a photographer and you have assistants, um, I think every assistant's a little different. So when you're at every event, you kind of have to tailor yourself to that particular assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I have started to rely on him more and more, um, and include him more and more in my business because he just knows me so well. He knows exactly what I would want. Um, he knows exactly what time of day I'm going to need a battery or, you know, all this stuff. Um, he knows my mood. He knows when I really need something. Um, it's just invaluable and it makes me a better photographer. Yeah. That sounds good. I need one of those. Yeah, I know. Not everyone can work with their spouse. I think that it's gotta be, you know, a certain relationship, but having him is incredible for me. Yeah. That's awesome. And if you were suddenly allergic to cameras, what do you think you would do for a job if you, if photography couldn't be that thing? Um, I probably would open a little shop in Santa Barbara for home goods. <laughs> like home decor, like knickknacks kind of stuff? Yeah, I think like gifts, um, you know, like really cool um, botanical candles, uh, linens, like just basically decorate a dream home and then sell the stuff in it. Nice. Nice. Is, does your house look like it could be a little store for beautiful things? No, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like once, once a month when you clean it, like one corner after I've had a couple hours with it. I feel you. I, I posted when I moved into my current apartment, I posted a photo of like this one corner that was really beautiful. (laughs) Oh my gosh, your apartment is so stunning. I'm like, no, just that corner. Trust me. Totally. That's how it is. Yeah. The Instagram corner, not the real Instagram wall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amazing. Um, okay. So have you done this kind of thing before as far as way up North, like stood up in front of a bunch of people and, and shared your wisdom? I have. So I've spoken now at, um, three different events. Um, the first was uh, photo plus in New York. And then the second was in, um, India at the silk inspire conference. And then the third was at the, um, in Florida at the, uh, mother and child photography workshop. Um, and I've forgotten that name. That's fair. But it was great. (laughs) (laughs) And so do you feel like at all nervous about this one or is it just like no big deal? Do it anything. You know, it's gotten astronomically easier with every one. Um, mm-hmm. The first talk that I did, I didn't sleep the night before. And the second talk, I was fairly sure um, I was going to throw up right before. Yeah. And, uh, I was looking for like a plant to throw up into. Yeah. And, um, and then the third talk was actually two talks. And by the by the fourth, I was just, I was ready, ready to go. Didn't need to prep. Just knew it. <laughs> knew what I needed to say. Knew what you do. Nice. Have you started working on your presentation yet for this one? I have. And it's almost done. <gasps> Girl, that is organization right there. I know. That's I can't believe myself actually. <laughs> efficiency at its finest. Yes. I, I really so- was that, that person that used to do their like homework way in advance so that they wouldn't have to worry about it. Oh my God. I hate you people. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I don't like to procrastinate, but I'm sure I will procrastinate the, you know, actual, um, the, the, the rehearsal of it until closer to the date. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. You'll do it the night before, like all of us normal people. <laughs> yeah. Sleepless. Just use that jet lag, you know? <laughs> totally. 
Um, and what are, what sort of, uh, what are you going to be talking about? I mean, not to give it all away, but what can people expect from your talk? Sure. I actually really like my talk because, um, the past like three or four, uh, presentations that I've done, I have been talking about subjects that other people have given to me. So right. for example, I've talked about, um, posing, I've talked about, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, inspiration and what inspiration is and kind of these vague, um, concepts, which I, I was happy to talk about, but it wasn't, didn't really feel like me and my message. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for way up North, I, I actually loved what Cole and Yakov had asked me to do, which is, um, you know, talk about something that's not about inspiration and these random you know, inspirational quotes and stuff, but something real. And, um, so my, my talk is called, uh, how not to be a wedding photographer. Nice. And it's all about, um, it, when it comes down to it, it really is all about my personal growth in the wedding industry and, and what I did differently from other photographers based on just a necessity to be different and be original and right. also necessity to succeed. Nice. All of the secrets. Yeah. I mean, it's not really secrets because, uh, it's, it's simple once you hear about it, but it did take me 10 years to figure out. So fair. <laughs> the, the secrets of experience. Mm -hmm. Nice. And what, yeah. What do you think, um, for your, your clients who book you now? Yeah. Why do you think they book you? Like, what, how, how do you think people perceive you in the world? Like, if you shot someone's wedding and then their friend's getting married, they're like, oh, you have to book Jen Huang because X. So I think that I have a lot of loyal um, clients from the past and also uh, vendors who really love my work, who truly love my work, who love what I delivered. And their referrals are really important to me. Um, a lot, I have kind of, you know... I would say I shoot about 25 weddings a year now. And, um, most of those clients find me on their own, uh, through friends, through online sources, through wedding blogs. Um, a portion of those clients also find me through planners who really love my work or other vendors who refer me. Uh, right. And I find that, um, the best connection that I get are from those people who really appreciate my art and who I am as a person and how I capture the world through my eyes. Um, and those are kind of my, my soulmate clients. What's your, what does your ideal client look like? Like if you could just invent a couple to walk through the door, what would they be like? Um, so I think that they would be really kind people. I think number one, um, they would be sweet and, um, and kind because I think that's really the most important thing for any human person is to be that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then number two, I would really want them to be artists. So even if they're lawyers or doctors, um, I would love for them to have an appreciation of the arts. And that that makes probably sense. be it. I like it. That seems pretty doable. There's gotta be lots of those people out there. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Um, how would you describe your own work to someone who has never seen it? Huh? Well, I would say that, um, to someone who has never seen my work, I would say it's fresh, it's light filled. It is simple 
and um, romantic. Yeah, and beautiful because I'm looking at your Instagram literally right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> which leads me to another question, which is, I feel like, how do you feel? How is your relationship with Instagram? Um, I really like Instagram. I think that my relationship with Instagram uh, has changed and developed over the years. Um, I'm very, very introverted. And I think that for me, Instagram really is a platform for me to share the images that I love. Um, I'm not really wordy on Instagram. Sometimes I have, you know, thoughts that I want to share, but in general, I'm all about sharing images. And when I go on Instagram, that's what, that's what I want to see. I want to see beautiful images. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And cause you have this, like, you have a nice, a nice fat following. And I feel like lots of people aspire to that. But do you feel like it actually brings you business? Hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't think Instagram really brings anyone business uh, in the way that they think it will. Um, for example, even if I had like a million followers, I don't think that would mean that I would book more weddings. I think that might mean that I might get a few more sponsorships. You know, I might be able to, you know, get a few more perks, but it may not necessarily mean that I have booked my whole year out three years in advance. Right. Totally. Cause that's really not how weddings work. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Everybody every year is like, Oh, is this going to be a big year? And then suddenly it either happens or it doesn't. Um, what about the books you mentioned? Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. So I have been writing books since 2012. 2012 was my first, um, how to kind of be a wedding photographer book. And in that span of time, um, a lot about the industry has changed. So, um, recently I released three books, uh, called the portraiture reference guides. And they're basically, the crude way of putting it is that they're posing guides, but they're really more than that because I, I really don't believe in copying whatever someone else is doing. Um, I believe in figuring out the way that they think and then thinking for yourself. And so the posing guides, um, aren't just, here's a pose, learn how to do it. It's more about the language, uh, that I use to communicate to my clients and um, how to style a shoot and how to work around, you know, individual clients to get the results that you want. Nice. And are those like hardcover books you could buy in a store or how are you selling those? Yeah, so they're available on my website and you can buy them as an ebook or as uh, a paperback. Yeah, I was curious about that because I feel like photographers love their print and so do I Yeah, no, they're much, I think, I think the eBooks are great because people abroad can buy them. And that's what a lot of people do because this, right. so expensive. but, um, the actual paperback volumes, I think you can actually get more out of cause it's right in front of you and you can reference and go back and touch it. So, um, mm -hmm. that's my preference. I, I will be bringing some to Cologne. So you'll probably be able to see them. Nice. I was going to ask you that. I was like, we've now plugged that you can get them at your website, but I would like to see them. Oh, sorry. Doggy. Dog. Doggy. <laughs> Mine was snoring a little bit and walking around, but nice. I was wondering, but I was a good, I was going to ask you about that, but I feel like on every single episode of way up North podcast, I start talking about dogs and I was like, I'll try not to do that today, but now it's too late. Tell me about your dog. Yeah, He's a French bulldog. His name is Gatsby. 
and he just lives a carefree life. He just naps all day. It's the best. I feel like he's not well represented in your Instagram feed though. I'm a bit upset. Uh, No, he isn't, but you know, he's super lazy. I mean, I had this um, live interview with Richard Photolab and Mm -hmm. I tried to get him in and he would not even come to me. He was just on the other side of the room snoring away. Amazing. Oh, now I want to see a picture of him. So I'll harass you by email later. Email you, but um, he is, he's, he's very confident in himself. Nice. Love a Frenchie. Yes. Um, I'm like, Oh, you have two kids. Tell me about your dog. (laughs) No no one cares about the kids. (laughs) Are you going to bring your kids to Germany? No, my God. No, that would, that would be um, a disaster. Uh, (laughs) How old are they? Uh, Three and a half and one. We've had some kids that way up North before. I'm not going to lie. It's gone both ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'd rather not do that to people. Uh, This is my first impression. (laughs) Fair, fair. Um, okay. I'm going to leave you with one more question, which is, can you think of something about yourself that would, that people would be surprised to learn like a hidden talent or like a weird life experience, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I have something somewhat embarrassing. Yes. Give it to me. Um, so do you remember where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Of course. So I was on that show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Explain further. Um, you know, they produce in New York. I grew up in New York and, um, they actually recruited children from, um, from the public schools, like around the area. And so I think one of their producers or recruiters came in and they talked to all the kids and they had like a little bit of a, like a question answer session. And then they chose, um, students to be on the show and I was chosen and I went and I didn't win, but I got second place. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. Yeah. That's so funny. I feel like I'm going to spend a lot of time Googling and trying to find the screen grab of that. (laughs) You know, uh, I think I actually have it on VHS. My parents have it. I should probably, um, I should probably get a screen grab and just show it. Cause I think it's hilarious. And I'm the dorkiest kid, like the nerdiest dorkiest kid you've ever seen in your life. That's amazing. That's a solid claim to fame though. Yes, I know. Right. I should put that on my IMDb. I think you should. You should. <laughs> it's a good stat. I don't know if like the Europeans are going to have any idea what we're talking about, but I anyone know, know. Is going to be right with us. <laughs> but just know it's a big deal, guys. <laughs> regular after school watching program. <laughs> yes. Okay, sweet. Well, I'll let you get back to your to your mom time or your work time or whatever is on deck today. Sure. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with us, though. Yeah, it was nice to meet you, and I can't wait. Yeah, we will see you in Germany. Awesome.